Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and today is episode A, Airway. It is going to be the first of three episodes where I am planning on teaching you a 60-second approach to the crashing patient. This is going to happen to you multiple times on your clerkship, and you really need to be the best at this if you want to get top one-third ranking on your slow. Now, before we get started on airway, let me ask you, who is the crashing patient? How are you going to know when you need to fall back on the A, B, Cs? One of my attendings totally said it best when he told me, Zach, it was one of those situations where I could feel the bead of sweat dripping down my back and it landed in my butt crack. What causes that? What causes butt crack sweat? Because he's totally right. What causes your heart rate to go up and up and up? And what causes a lump to crawl into your throat and causes the nurses to talk louder and louder and louder until the whole room feels chaotic and people are tripping on oxygen tubing and trays are crashing and the family members are screaming, are you even a real doctor? Fear. And what causes fear? It's lack of control. So what is a crashing patient? A crashing patient is whenever you, as the physician, loses control of a bad situation. And so in these next three episodes, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to teach you to immediately take control of literally any situation in less than 60 seconds. I'm going to teach you the ABCs of emergency medicine. Now, one disclaimer before we get started. As a medical student, if you walk into a room and the patient is crashing and you feel fear and you feel that lump in your throat, the correct first step is to turn 180 degrees and to go get your attending. I'm only going to really say this once, but it is so important. I think there's this misconception out there that if you go and get help, that you're going to look like a bad medical student. But in fact, the opposite is true. You're not going to lose points for grabbing your attending for backup when your patient is crashing. In fact, you are going to get a higher score because they will recognize your ability to rapidly identify sick patients. So with that said, let's talk about A, airway. There's one thing I really want you to know in this episode. In fact, it's kind of like something I want you to unknow. When it comes to the A, B, Cs, the 60-second approach to the crashing patient, your fear algorithm, airway does not equal intubation. Sure, are there a few uncommon exceptions, such as severe, severe anaphylaxis and rapidly, rapidly expanding hematomas? Yes, but in reality, in the vast majority of situations, Intubation doesn't really belong in your 60-second ABC fear algorithm. There are two reasons for this. One, intubation, when you include all of the setup and preparation, takes several minutes, not just a few seconds. And I think it's important to have an algorithm that you can fall back to so that you can control any situation in less than 60 seconds. And the second reason is that intubation can kill critical patients. And I can see your jaw dropping with this second reason. When you get a chance, look up Laryngoscope as a Murder Weapon by Scott Weingart. Scott Weingart is the author of the excellent MCRIT podcast. And the quick summary of his lecture 
is that the physiologic effects of intubating hemodynamically unstable patients is frequently lethal. Recently, this was also supported in the EMRA Fundamentals of Airway Management booklet. It was just published, and they also encouraged hemodynamic stabilization before intubation. And they changed the term from rapid sequence intubation to resuscitation sequence intubation because intubation can kill critical patients. It can put them over the edge. When it comes to the ABCs, airway does not equal intubation. So then what is the real approach to airway? That's the question, right? It's so simple, guys. It's really only two steps. A lot of times these airway disasters are caused because the patient is vomiting and aspirating. They're making weird gurgly sounds. The correct first step is airway equals suction. This is going to be an embarrassing story, but I want you to learn from my mistakes I was a brand new resident within my first month, and I was performing my first awake nasal intubation with my attending, and part of my job was to get everything ready. And now I'm normally a prepared OCD type person, and I have no idea how this happened, but I forgot to set up suction. And so the procedure gets rolling, and I'm doing this with my attending, and mid-procedure, the patient starts vomiting everywhere and he's aspirating and the monitors are freaking out and his heart rate is like 20 billion he's satting into the 60s there's family in the room and they're freaking out and i know earlier when i was saying what causes the nurses to run around and get really loud well that was actually me i'm the one who tripped on oxygen tubing and crashed into a tray and it was completely out of control from my perspective This whole ordeal lasted probably 30 seconds. It felt like an eternity because the patient was crashing. Thank God for my attending and some excellent nurses who knew the ABCs and bailed me out while I'm basically curled up in a ball in the corner just weeping, completely unable to do anything productive. As soon as we suctioned, the situation literally resolved itself within like five seconds. The patient was fine. The volume in the room just was controlled and quiet, and the procedure was successful and everything went okay. Airway equals suction. Step two, if the patient is unconscious or unresponsive or not talking, anything like that, you need to move the tongue. Specifically, you need to move the posterior portion of the tongue because that's the part that kind of collapses down and occludes the airway. And it is so simple, guys. This is the head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust maneuver. The anatomy of the patient's neck literally allows you to open up the entire airway by doing a head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust. I actually spent the last month up with anesthesia in the operating rooms doing a significant amount of procedural sedation and some minor procedures and things like that, working on my airway skills. And half these patients, they don't intubate. They can balance these patients. It's completely amazing. They are totally sedated, but they have their airway reflexes maintained. It's just this balance that they're great at. But then sometimes, it's true, they overshoot a little bit on the propofol. Maybe the patient starts to move around, so they give an extra bolus of propofol, and the patient stops breathing, and they're apneic. And I'm thinking to myself, the first time I saw this, I'm like, the patient is apneic. They're not breathing. They don't intubate or do anything crazy. You know what they do? They literally take a single finger, they put it under the chin, tilt it up, and the patient will start breathing. You can see the mask, the non-rebreather that the patient is wearing 
will get some fog in it just because they put their finger under the chin and tilted the chin. That's all it took. They're like the airway masters and they use a single finger. And then sometimes just to show off, they'll be like, watch this set. Cause they could see that I was just amazed by this. And then they just drop the chin and the patient will go apneic again. The carbon dioxide will start going up and the monitor will be beeping and the mask won't have any fog in it. And then they tilt the chin up again. And then the patient starts breathing again. And I just think it's the coolest thing ever. Airway equals moving the posterior portion of the tongue. Head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust. Now, if this doesn't work or you can't quite get a good open airway, maybe the patient's just really fat, you have an extra tool that you can use. These are those oral pharyngeal and those nasal pharyngeal airways. And literally, these just basically do the head tilt, chin lift, jaw thrust for you, or at least assist in them. They go in through the nose or the mouth, and they prop up or bypass that posterior portion of the tongue making sure that you have a nice airway and you can move air back and forth. This airway approach, you guys, takes 15 seconds, and it lets you rapidly move on to the Bs and the Cs. You suction, and you move the posterior portion of the tongue. All right, that wraps up this episode. Remember, airway does not equal intubation. If you found this podcast helpful, please mention it to another medical student. My goal is to help teach as many medical students as possible, and I would truly appreciate you spreading the word. Otherwise, until next time, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.